Hallelujah. Let's see, next Sunday's the first. Is that right? Next Sunday, the first Sunday. June. Uh, make sure that um, you do get a chance to say something to Brother and Sister Cochran today because they won't be with us uh, on, uh, on, on Sundays uh, anymore. Uh, next Sunday, they're opening up their new church work in Ashland City. And uh, our prayers and thoughts are with them as they go down there to start a new work for the Lord. Amen. And uh, we're going to pray that God will give them a lot of souls. Uh, amen. For their labor. Amen. Truly, time is running out. And uh, what we're going to do for God, we need to do now. Amen. We need to do right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's get started into the Word. We're not going to keep you um, uh, too long this afternoon. But um, as it's already, it has already been said, uh, Brother uh, Bobby in the Bible class, today is um, Pentecost Sunday, uh, and uh, it is the day celebrated as the birthday of the church, uh, where uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, uh, there in the upper room, the 120 uh, were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the church was born. And they had 3,000 souls born again and added to them in one single day. Now, that's revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Anybody believe that we're still serving the same God today? We're still serving the same God today. There's two scriptures that we want to share with you today for our um, scripture text. Uh, first, we're going to be going to the book of Luke, the third chapter. And then we're going to go to the book of Acts, the second chapter. Luke chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Uh, and it's on the screen there behind if you want to follow that. It says, And as the people were in expectation, let me stop right there. Uh, you know what? I believe any time you go to the house of God, you ought to go in expectation. Hallelujah. What is God going to do today? Amen. I don't know about you, but I didn't just come today just to have a, have a formal church service and sing a few songs and shake a few hands and go, and go home. Because I know as soon as I leave this place, I'm going to walk smack right down into the devil and he's going to be on, on, on my case. I'm going to need something. I'm going I'm to need some strength. Hallelujah. The devil will never give up fighting against you until you're out of here. I heard some people say, I don't ever have trouble with the devil. And what my answer is to that, you better be careful. He must have got you. Hallelujah. He don't bother people that he, uh, <laughs> amen, he's got. Amen. We need to come to the house of God with expectation, believing that when we pray for people that the Spirit of God can touch them and heal them and that we can receive something. We need to have a spirit of expectation about us. Let's read that. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. Now this was John the Baptist is talking about. And John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Then let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 2, and we're going to read the first four verses. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray. Father God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for the service. Thank you, God, for what we have already experienced right now in this service. And now for the next few minutes, I'm asking God for your touch to rest upon me, that I might be able to deliver the word that you have put in my heart to deliver to the people today. In the mighty, blessed name of Jesus, let everybody say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The word Pentecost designates the 50th day after Passover, which was a feast day also known as the Feast of Weeks, or in the Old Testament they called it the Feast of Harvest. It was on this day in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 followers of Christ who were gathered in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was on this day that the church was born in a blaze of glory. This is what John the Baptist had foretold about when he came preaching. But that blaze that was ignited so long ago, that blaze has long since burned out for the average churchgoer. Amen. The modern Christian and the average church have become bogged down somewhere between Calvary and Pentecost. Now, just think about that for a moment. Just think about what I'm saying. The average Christian has bogged themselves down between Calvary and Pentecost. You see, they have been to Calvary for pardon, but they have not been to Pentecost for power. Hallelujah. A lot of people will go to Calvary for pardon, but they get bogged down somewhere. They don't make it that extra 50 days to Pentecost where the power is. The power is not at Calvary. The power is at Pentecost. Bethlehem means God with us. Amen. Did not he tell him? He said his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, at Bethlehem when he was born, Bethlehem means God with us. Calvary means God for us. Oh, glory to God. But Brother Wayne, Pentecost means God in us. Hallelujah. Can't you see the difference, glory to God? Amen. Hallelujah. First, we had at Bethlehem, we had God with us. Then at Calvary, Jesus Christ died and gave His life for us. Oh, it's at Pentecost, glory to God, that we get God in us. And that's where you get the power to overcome the enemy. My Lord, hallelujah. That's where it comes. You see, many people do not understand the role of the Holy Spirit and they have have not appropriated the power of the Holy Ghost in their own personal life. In short, the fire of God does not burn in their lives. Now, J. 
B. Phillips. He was a theologian and a scholar. He is a man who did a translation of the New Testament called the Phillips Translation that, that many people read today. And uh, the same man who uh, wrote the Phillips Translation of the New Testament uh, made a comment a few years ago before his death, and this is what he, this is what he said. Churches today are fat and out of breath through prosperity. They are muscle-bound through over-organization. But what we need today, again, is the wind and the flame of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. We need the fire of Pentecost in our lives today. Can somebody say amen? I believe all of us would agree with Mr. Phillips' statement that it's true. We need to recapture the fire which was experienced in such a mighty way when the church met together in that upper room where cloven tongues of fire literally danced over their heads. And with the fire, folks, comes the power. Hallelujah. And my prayer, amen, today is, oh God, let the fire fall on your church again. Hallelujah. We need the fire of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just stop right here and then, and then talk a little bit about something here now. Amen. Amen. We don't need, amen, more educated men. Amen. Or denominational doctrine or dogma. Hallelujah. That is not worked in this world today. People are dying and going to hell. Hallelujah. There's churches and there's families and there's whole countries. Amen. They're all in all kind of perplexity. Amen. We don't need to hear a word from man. We need to hear a word from God. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Hallelujah. My glory. Oh God. Let the fire fall again. That's what I'm preaching about today. That's the, what I've titled this message. Let the fire fall again. We need the fire of God to burn strong in our lives. Something that can carry us through. Amen. When the hard times come. Something... Amen. That will walk with us. See, Jesus promised his disciples. He says, now listen, he, before he went away, he says, I know I've got to go away. He said, it's expedient for me, for you, that I go away. He said, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He said, because, he said, if I go away, I will send another comforter to you. Hallelujah. Almighty God, who will lead you and guide you into all truth. Thank God I've had that comforter hold my hand in the wee hours of the morning when my whole world was falling apart. And I looked on my right. I couldn't find a I looked on my left. I couldn't find a friend. Lord God, I looked at ahead. I couldn't find a friend. But I called on Jesus. And through the Holy Ghost, He wrapped His arms around me. And I could feel His love and His power. He's a comforter. He'll comfort you. Hallelujah. 
He'll never leave you nor forsake you. There's been a whole lot of people, and you've got to admit this, there's been a whole lot of people in your life who've told you to stand with you. But it seems like, hallelujah, when things get tough, they're gone. They're not there. But Jesus won't leave you comfortless. Hallelujah. He'll walk with you. He'll put His arm around you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know what I would do. I don't know where I would be without His presence in my life. Hallelujah. There's a couple things I want to talk to you about letting the fire fall again. And how come that we need that fire to fall again like it did on the day of Pentecost? The first thing is we need to understand fire burns dead chaff and stubble. Hallelujah. Fire will burn the dead chaff and stubble. Luke chapter 3, verse 17. This is still John the Baptist talking about the coming of Jesus and about the one who was going to baptize people. And he said, I can only baptize you with water. That's all I can do. But there's one coming after me. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Then he went on to say, he said, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. He will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Hallelujah. You see, fire will burn out all that chaff and dried stubble in your life. Don't sit there and look all pious and holy. Hallelujah. Every one of us has got some chaff and stubble in our life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You better be careful every time you try to point out the skeleton in somebody else's closet because then your own skeletons will start rattling on you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. All of us have to deal with chaff and stubble in our life. But if we got the fire of the Holy Ghost, it'll keep it cleansed. It'll keep it burned. There used to be an old farmer that I knew who always had one of the best gardens in the area around where we lived. And I noticed about his preparation when he would begin to prepare every year to plant his garden. In his preparation, he would go out first and he would set far to the spot where his garden was. And he would burn all the former year's dead stubble and overgrowth before he broke ground. See, he did not go out there when that had been easy, time-saving, just going out there and just plow all that under. But he took the time to burn off that dead uh, chaff and that stubble from former years. Amen. Likewise, there are a lot of Christians attempting to grow a harvest for God with too much chaff and stubble in their life. Hallelujah. The fire of the Holy Ghost will burn out all the dead, unproductive elements which litters the lives of non-spirit-filled, controlled people. Glory. Look, look at your neighbor and say, He's preaching now. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, He's preaching on you, not me. Hallelujah. Glory. 
Hallelujah. But see, the fire of the Holy Ghost is going to burn out all the dead, unproductive elements which litters the lives of, uns- uh, of non-spirit-controlled Christians. It's amazing to me that some people who don't have the power and fire of Pentecost in their lives will try to replace it with substitutes instead of acquiring the real fire. Amen. A lot of people who don't have that real fire burning, instead of trying to acquire the fire, they'll try to get substitutes for the fire. Amen. And guess what? There's no substitutes out there for this. You've got, you, you've got a lot of lookalikes. Amen. You've got a whole lot of them. Amen. You got a lot of those out there mimicking, but there's no substitute for the real Holy Ghost power of God in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. One observer recently said, now this is something I read. He said, This is the day of Pentecostal substitutes. Lacking they lacking the real power and far from God, they tried to produce their own fireworks. We are, we have become like auxiliary power supplies. You see, we're battery operated, so when the real power goes out, we can switch on our own power source. A while ago, when we was up here playing, something happened with some of the equipment. The keyboard went out, and finally, you know, I just had to. I just walked away from it. But a lot of people don't worry about the real power source from God because they say, I've, I've got a battery over here, and it's like, uh, I think they see it right over, over the doors. You know, you know what would happen uh, when uh, if something uh, or the main power supply would go out in this auditorium, these other lights here by the exit signs would, would automatically come on to lighten, lighten the place up. But those lights were never intended to substitute everything else we got. You hear what I'm saying? And this guy that I read about, he says, he said, we've got us some substitutes today. And we don't worry about acquiring the fire of God in our life because we've got a battery pack of our own that if the fire of God comes out of our life, instead of investigating why we don't have the fire burning, we just flip on our, our auxiliary supply. One guy said, we done got so good today that we can have church where the Holy Ghost shows up or not. Now, that, that, that's a shame there, isn't it? That's a shame. Let, let me talk on a little, bit, a little bit more about it. We're living in a day of program, propaganda, and promotions. All of these things trying to duplicate what God did through the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost when the fire fell and the wind blew. These are the days of Pentecostal substitutes. We create a storm with our own wind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We create a storm with our own wind. You ever run across anybody who was big-winded? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We create a storm with our own wind. We whip our own flames and our own fire, but we like the reality and warmth of the real thing in our life. 
This is an indictment against modern day Christianity. Church, my heart's desire is for the church today to experience the fire of Pentecost, the Spirit of God in fullness of manifestation. Not something pumped up with fast music telling tear-jerker stories and all other manufactured worship of the flesh. Talent will not substitute for the fire. Clever worded songs won't substitute for fire. They can move the flesh, but they will never move the soul. You can go to any concert, I don't be it a country music concert or a rock concert or anything else, and you'll find thousands of people moved by the music. And sometimes people can literally get intoxicated by music. Amen. It's something about, about that, the nature of it. But the problem is when church people who don't have a really true, genuine fire themselves try to have music, their choir, and everything else to substitute the real power of God, and it'll never happen and it'll never work because it can't save a soul, it can't heal the sick, it can't deliver the alcoholic. We need to experience Pentecost. The real fire. Hallelujah. So fire burns the chaff and the dead stubble. Secondly, I'm moving on. I could talk more about that, but let me go on and wind this thing down. Fire energizes the soul. I'm talking about the fire of God right now. It energizes the soul. The old locomotive steam engines would set idle until the fireman would, would stoke up the fire. The more power that they needed, the hotter they made the fire. Amen. They had to see what kind of load they were pulling. They had to, they had to know the path that the tracks was going, if they was going to go up very high hills or not. And so... Whatever kind of power they needed in those old locomotive steam engines, they had to stoke up the fire enough to energize and cause that thing to move and to pull and to get them what they needed. Church, once you have given yourself over to God in repentance and baptism in His name, you become like a powerful locomotive ready to move. The capability is there. I said the capability is there. God has no respect of person. He don't love me no more than He does you just because I'm a preacher. Matter of fact, He has a whole lot of problems with a whole lot of preachers in this world. Amen. He loves us all the same. And every blood-bought, born-again child of God, you've got the capacity for some power in your life. You've got the ability there. Hallelujah. Once you have given yourself over to God in repentance and baptism of His name, you become like that powerful locomotive. The capacity is there, but until you stoke up the fire, you're going to sit out along the track with no power to move it. You hear what I'm saying? It's not that you don't have the capacity. 
You're a child of God like anybody else who, who repented, amen, and, and all that and been born again. But unless the fire of God is there, unless you stoke up that fire, amen, it is the fire that generates the power. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's the fire that generates the power. And unless you've got the fire of God burning in your life, you're going to sit idle on the track. I remember Brother Hale, our founding pastor, once told me years ago when I was real young, I didn't even think I'd ever, I didn't have, I didn't have any thoughts, I didn't even have a desire of ever being a pastor. I didn't want to do it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed traveling around, and singing, uh, Playing music, singing gospel songs. Back then, years ago, they had the all all night, all night singings downtown at the War Memorial Building. Go up there and play behind different groups and different things. I enjoyed that. Evangelized and go help different pastors out who were sick or needing some help. But I never did have a, a thought or desire that God would ever place me as a pastor. But. Uh, Evidently, Brother Hale had a little foresight than what I did even back then. Because I remember one time he carried me to the side. He said, Brother Sammy, he said, we need the unction. Now, that's the word he used. He said, Brother Sammy, we need the unction of God in everything. He said, even the truth when preached without unction will be of no effect. He said, singers, song leaders, Music players alike all need to take time to pray beforehand so they won't so they will have the unction when they get ready to go. I didn't know or I didn't have a clue to what he was talking about at the time. I didn't know what he meant by unction. I'd never heard of it before. I thought it was just Brother Hale was kind of getting up in years, and I, just, I, I thought, that's something he'd made up. He'd made that word up. But I found out I was wrong. 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. John the Apostle said, But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You see, church, unction is the unt in triumph. You getting tired of being defeated? Are you tired of having the devil slap you silly all the time? Amen. You getting tired of the devil knocking you back two steps every time you take one foot? How do you get a little opt? If you get some opt, then you you gotta try to praise God. Hallelujah. You'll start knocking him back for a change. If you get some opt of God in your life. Oxen is the opt and try to give God a praise. You see, it is the fire that creates the power of God without which you're dead. All fire, now listen, fire energizes, as I was talking about, but fire has to have fuel in order to burn. No fire can burn indefinitely 
without some kind of replenishing supply of fuel. I don't care how big the fire is, how hot it is. When the fire burns out of fuel, it's going to go out. Amen? And that is where the modern day church has lost the fire. How does that fit in? Well, I tell you, all us modern day Christians, we feast instead of fast. We play instead of pray. Glory. You see, fire's got to have fuel. And prayer in the Spirit is the best way and the best source to replenish your fuel. Book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up who? Yourself. Building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. God gives every man a measure of faith when they get saved. We all get a measure of faith. The Word teaches that. God is no respecter of person. So I believe from that that when we get saved, God gives us all the same measure of faith. I don't believe He gives one person more faith than He does the other. But faith acts like a muscle. If you work a muscle and you exercise a muscle, it's going to expand. It's going to grow. Hallelujah. When you get older, you quit exercising, you better watch out. Your chest will have a drop. Hallelujah. I used to work out. I used the word use to. Muscles will expand and they'll grow as long as you work them. Amen. Faith is like that. You've got to use your faith. You've got to work your faith. Hallelujah. You've got to do something to replenish the fire of God. Hallelujah. You've got to have that fire of God replenished. And you do that by one way, by praying. I'm going to tell you something, folks. My precious Father, He had that fire in His life in His prayer. I remember as a kid, my mother and myself both were scared to death of storms. And, uh, man, it, you know, when they come through, and if one would come through one or two o'clock in the morning, first thing, Mom would wake me up. And dra- well, I might have been sleeping. If I could stay asleep, maybe I didn't know what ever happened. But she'd wake me up, and she'd go in, go in there and get Dad, Sam, Sam! He said, what's going on? <laughs> she said, need to pray. We've got a bad storm here coming through. You know what? As a family, and Daddy get around, and I remember this. Did uh, while we lived over here on Brook Church Pike, we had a bunch of them came through that that year. Man, that old house, man, just a shaking, carrying on. We done seen one tornado came through and and and, and tore up one house just a little bit below us and everything. But you know what? 
even though I had some fear, when my dad got on his knees and began to pray, I didn't worry no more. Because I knew when my dad prayed, God heard his prayer. Because he prayed with power. And he had to repent. Because when the storms wasn't coming through, he would wake me up at 4 or 5 in the morning off in his prayer closet praying. How do you, that's how you build the fire. That's how you keep the fire of God in your life. How do you, if you want a fire of God burning, you got to replenish it. Don't expect the fire to burn indefinitely in your life unless you replenish it. You don't pray. You don't go to church. You don't attend services on a regular basis. You're out there in the world. You're you're getting hit by all the junk that's in the world. You're having to deal with all that stuff. Unless you're doing something to replenish the fire of God in your life, that flame is burning less and less and less. And then when you wake up sometime, maybe at 2 o'clock in the morning and need it. Hallelujah. Like the old song they used to sing, there's nothing cold as ashes after the fire's gone. Hallelujah. We got to keep the fire burning in our lives. But ye beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Church, I'm going to wind this thing down. We need to let the fire fall again in our life. We need not to be satisfied with substitutes and try to uh, create a substitute here or there. I want the genuine. I want the real McCoy in my life. What about you? Hallelujah. That's the only thing that's going to carry us through. That's the only thing that's going to help us. Amen. We are experiencing so much perplexity and trouble in this world today. And the only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. First of all, if you've never repented, you've never given your life to Him, you need to make that step. Hallelujah. You need to follow Him in repentance and give your life to Him. Make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. Then, uh, and, and, don't, and, and don't, just, don't just stop there. Hallelujah. Just like, just like when Jesus came to John the Baptist to get baptized, John says, no, I don't want to baptize you. I, you need to be baptized me. Jesus says, suffer it now to fulfill all righteousness. Amen. Follow him all the way. Amen. Get the fire of God in your life. Make sure that the Spirit of God is in you, not just around you. There's a difference. There's a lot of people. I've been to churches and I've seen people who felt the power of God on them. And there was a time in my life I had the fire of God on me. But once you get the fire of God in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, hallelujah, it makes all the difference in the world. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah.